Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by George Sedano, friend of the show, of ESPN, of basically anywhere that you're watching basketball. Uh, I, I say friend of the show somewhat nervously. Why nervously? <laughs> I feel like I am a friend of the show. I felt like that actually is a real thing. I, we are actually friends. Yeah. And I've been on the show multiple times. Hence, that makes me a friend of the show. Well, I, I just meant, I just meant, you know, because you asked before the series started if we could still be friends after this. So ah, I'm, I'm yes, just making yes, sure yes. that, that yes. you know. <laughs> yes, we are still friends and still friend of the show. Yeah. I, I mean, right. listen, I think that outside of game one, we've had some really good games. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. And actually, that's kind of where I wanted to start. So I've, I've done a couple crossover shows with the host of Locked on Heat, uh, David Ramil, and he was talking about how, like, I basically started saying that for, for the Heat, getting here is, is quite the uh, accomplishment in and of itself. And he just stopped me right there. And he's like, yeah, but they expect to win and not winning he, he, he wouldn't go so far as to say not winning would be a disappointment, but he didn't, he didn't start that far of that point. So from where you're sitting, you know, having covered the heat being from Miami is, 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 is just getting here, you know, enough to be now playing with house money or, or are, are the heat looking at it? Like, damn, what, what, you know, do we, do we miss an opportunity here? I think it's a little bit of both, right? Mm -hmm. I think that he's right in this sense. Look, I know that organization as well as any organization in the sport. I was there for, uh, I mean, I covered them daily for over a decade, okay? So I know all the players involved as far as the organization's concerned from the front office to the coach to the owner. And he's right about that. Like, they don't, they're not in it to not win it. You know what I'm right, saying? Like, right, yeah. remember, this is the team that wouldn't tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. When everyone was telling them they should tank, they were playing for, you know, whatever seed they can get in the playoffs, even with rosters that weren't necessarily all that great, which they would admit they made some mistakes on. Um, and and that's just how they are built, man. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so when they get here, they're there to win. And they've got the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion. And I think, you know, you're seeing why, because – He's in the last three games, not only have they been competitive, but they won one and they should have, you know, had a, they had a real chance to win yesterday. So, so I, I think that when you look at how they're built, how they're constructed, you know, and I'm not saying just the roster, I'm saying just as an organization, I do think that's part of it. However, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's house money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think deep down, they thought we like our matchup with Milwaukee. And we know if we get Milwaukee, we feel really good that we can beat them. And then that means we, you know, we'll probably meet them in the second round. That means we can get to the conference finals and who knows from there. Um, I think they're way ahead of schedule. You know, Bam is only 23. Tyler's only 20. Um, you know, Jimmy looks as spry as he's ever looked. You know, everyone was worried about his injury history or not injury history, but just playing for Tibbs basically. Uh, which uh, most most guys that play for him don't end up having uh, long careers. But mm -hmm. uh, I do think that the way they handle their players uh, from a militaristic type style uh, in regards to conditioning, I think that that also um, plays a role in this. I think that they also, while everyone talks about their kind of crazy culture about, you know, body fat and this, that, and the other, they do that to keep guys healthy and give them longevity right. too. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's part of it. So I, I think they, 
you know, I, I, on the flip side of that, it is house money some because they've got good young players. They've got a guy in Jimmy that clearly has shown that he can be a leader. And they're going to have a lot of cap space uh, in the, well, I guess the summer of 21. I don't know. The 21 <laughs> offseason, right? Whatever we're calling it. Yeah. So they're going to show some growth next year. The East will be tougher. But in 21, they could find themselves in a real position to be a championship level team for a long time, depending on who they land in free agency. So are they, are they on schedule ahead of schedule? Like what is, do they even apply your, your traditional schedule here? Or do they just say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to try to win as many games or as in front of us and, 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 and just kind of handle it that way. Again, both. Um, I yeah. think that outwardly they would say that internally, they believe that, but they also aren't, ridiculous you know what yeah. i'm saying like they realize tyler hero at 20 years old is getting even in the bubble is getting an experience that he would never get otherwise right yeah. yes i know there's no fans this that and the other but he's playing against lebron and ad <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right. yeah and and you know having moments where he's he's showing that he's a rookie but having moments where you're like damn you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and same thing with Bam throughout these playoffs. He's grown so much. He was their best player in the conference finals. So I, I think that, you know, all of this stuff has to make them feel good about their uh, immediate future for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, Bam or uh, well, Bam also, but then uh, especially hero Duncan Robinson for the Lakers side of things, Kyle Kuzma, obviously to a lesser extent with Kuz and with Alex Caruso, just learning that these guys, we're up to this moment, you know, just, just, yeah, there were, there were stretches, Kuzma, especially there have been stretches where you're like, <laughs> my dude, that no look pass that even LeBron didn't even pick him up from. Uh, but, and, and then Alex Caruso has been up and down, but for all of these guys, I think for, for both of these organizations moving forward, the reason why not only is it an accomplishment to get here, but I think they can both get better in the coming years is because they're going to have cheap talent, that they can now trust. They can just you know, un unquestionably trust because they're going to get better for, for these moments moving forward. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I definitely a million percent agree when it comes to Caruso. Um, I agree to an extent with Kuzma, and this is why. It's not because of his skill, because his skill, when he, when he plays the right way around LeBron and AD, which is when I think he's at his most efficient, OK, um, and some and the numbers will bear that out from a three point percentage uh, and just his ability to get to the basket and cutting and things of that nature. If he was willing moving forward to just say to himself, OK, this is what I'm going to be on this championship team. I'm going to be the guy who shoots wide open threes and I'm going to be the guy that moves off the ball and gets easy buckets at the rim because everyone's paying attention to LeBron and AD. If he can subjugate his ego um, a little. And I, I think that he can, he can be a, a piece on a championship team or a championship level team for a really, really, really long time. Mm -hmm. um, I just worry about him and his disposition when it comes to that role, yeah, because we've he heard him, himself as, yeah, we've heard him talk about it openly. Like he said things like uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? Well, you guys know, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to the effect of you guys know, you know, I can do whatever is needed. Right. I can start. Uh, you guys know I could start. Uh, you know, I can come <laughs> off the bench. And it's just like those kind of things. They sound right. 
But listen, man, I've been covering this league for 17 years. When I hear that from a 25-year-old who hasn't made money yet, uh, who was getting all the shots in the world before LeBron, um, I, I just I can sense there's like this internal struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with him, within him, and within the construct of the team and its leadership. I do feel like there's something there. Like they need to almost convince him, dude, this is the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like with him, it's a little different. With Caruso, I'm a million percent in buying in. And it's crazy with Kuzma because outside of Rondo prior to game four, Kuzma had the best net rating on the team uh, mm-hmm. outside of Rondo. So he is important to what they do. So hopefully he understands that. Yeah, the Kuzma thing, I let's just say I wouldn't be shocked if he wins his championship and then pursues more money, a larger role somewhere else. Is, maybe ask be, for a trade or is open to a trade. Yes. Yeah, it would be. I, I wouldn't say he he asks for one, but yeah, could, could he be open to one? Could it be, oh, you guys want to send me to, you know, he'd probably prefer a larger market or whatever, but could you guys send me somewhere where, where I will start, where I will get as many shots as I think I, I need, where I can go out and, and, and carve out a larger niche for myself and then maybe return to playing a smaller role on a, on a, on a better team later in my career. That's, that's the kind of path. I wouldn't be shocked if that was Kuzma's preference here. And I think, you know, I get it because look, man, especially when you talk about guys that young and I know at 25, he's not as young as some of these other guys, but I think because he's 25, I think that that plays into it more, you know, Um, I got to get mine. I got to take care of myself uh, both on the court and off the court. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I, I do think that you may be onto something when it comes to that. And look, I, I think that, you know, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm telling you, I, I, I don't say these things. When I say things like this, it's because I have a pretty good idea. Like, I think that the, the fact that when, when the AD trade happened, they were, the Lakers were adamant to not trade Brandon Ingram. The problem was mm-hmm. um, the Pelicans were adamant that they needed Brandon Ingram in that deal. Yep. And it was basically everybody but Brandon Ingram, including Coos. And I think that when look when all that stuff happens and that stuff becomes public it can bruise people you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and i think that there's this kind of chip on his shoulder uh because of that stuff still you know like i don't think that stuff has completely gone away yeah there were some moments last night where uh or two nights ago by the time you guys are listening to this where kuzma would miss a rotation and lebron would really kind of look at him, give him a stare, not fully light into him, you know, but, but like looked at him and was like, dude. Yes. And, and earlier in this season and in the postseason, Kuzma would say like, my bad, my bad. But I saw his shoulders kind of slump a little bit. And that made me, that made me a little nervous. Let's take a quick second here when we come back. So we always hear about LeBron James relationship with the Miami Heat. We always hear about, you know, how Pat Riley would have seen it almost as two championships to win one this year and then to keep LeBron from winning one as well. So I, I, that part of it, I'm not that interested in, but Pat Riley was a former Laker. That's where he got his start. And I'm kind of interested in how he views the Lakers organization, how, how Lakers fans feel about Pat Riley and see what, what dynamic might be going on there. So uh, let's uh, come back in a second. We'll talk about that. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com where you'll find a family business that has served auto parts to customers online for 20 years. 
Go to rockauto.com for show, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clips delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specs and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and for the sa- and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Riley kind of feels, has always felt like the one that got away, you know, for, for the Lakers. Right. Uh, I, I thought him going to New York and then eventually, obviously, going to Miami and having success at both of those stops. He's he's the dude in in Miami now. And I kind of wonder if he ever felt like he had a chance at being the dude, uh, you know, despite the presence of Phil Jackson or Jerry West or or whomever. It with the Lakers. So I, I understood why he might have wanted to move on, just like we talked about with Kuz. Uh, but I kind of wonder how he looks at at the Lakers, you know, where they rank in terms of who he would have really he he would have enjoyed getting a championship from, taking a championship from more than he might admit publicly. Oh, I think it's it was it's more of a LeBron thing. I think he's got ultimate think respect so? for the for the Lakers organization. Yeah, look, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard these stories. You know, Pat has this palatial estate in Malibu, literally on the sand, right? Mm-hmm. That he bought eons ago, right? When he was in LA uh, with the Lakers, which you can imagine going back, you know, to the '80s, how cheap <laughs> that was in comparison to what it costs now, right? Um, yeah. So he's got this thing. He's got video cameras um, that he can see on his phone, right, of the of the house, including the ocean, the view of the ocean and the waves crashing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I've seen this, so I know what I'm talking about when I tell you. Um, so it, 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 it has always been kind of a thing for him. It's kind of like Valhalla, right? Like this thing that's there um, that he hopes to reach one day again. Yeah. And, and But I think that much like, um, you know, to use an adage from The Godfather Three, which isn't the uh, the best of those movies by any stretch, but well, he kind of looks like Al Pacino in, in Godfather Three by right, this point, right? But you know, it does have that one line that every time I think I'm out, they pull me and drag me back in, right? Yeah. And that's Pat because he's such a competitive person, right? He's a competitive a competitive of a holic uh, type that he just can't stop, even though he is absolutely uh, done a better job of being less of a micromanager. Um, and it's interesting because I feel like LeBron has done that some too, even though LeBron still micromanages some, he's kind of relinquished some control to, uh, AD and relinquished some control to Rondo, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think that, um, and even Vogel Vogel to an extent for sure. Um, and I think Pat's done that in the organization too. Um, he's got great people working with him, but to your point, he's got ultimate respect for the Lakers. I mean, look, Pat was almost the coach in 2004. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was brought in by Dr. Buss and Jeannie and Jim and all them. And they wanted to hire Pat. 
um, you know, before uh, I think Rudy T, right? Rudy T was the yeah. coach at mm-hmm. that point or was going to be the while. coach. Right. Mm-hmm. It was right when Phil was out. Um, so Pat came to L.A., met with the bus family, and he was like, so what's up with Shaq and Kobe? And they're like, oh, no, we got to separate them. And he's like, separate them? He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not coaching this team. I'm not coming to coach this team if I can't have if I can't have a chance to fix that, you know? Yeah. Um, and and look, I think Kobe and Pat would have been unbelievable together. Yeah. Like if we're doing this fantasy thing because they are also wired the same. You know right. what I'm Just saying? Look like at what he's doing with Butler. It's the same right. thing. Right. They are wired like the same. There is no doubt. Like Kobe and Pat, I got chills just thinking about what those two would have been like um, because of how wired, how wired they were or are. Um, but yeah, so it, it's so it turned out that when they told him that, no, it's not going to work, <laughs> yep. then the light bulb went off and said, hmm, wait a second, huh. I can I can leave with one of these two then, you know, and take them back <laughs> with me. And right. he ended up and that's how the Shaq trade ended up yeah. happening. Um so, so he, he did think about it for once. And there was a time where I think he even, even beyond that potentially where he might've come back. Um, but that has since long passed. Um, you know, I know there were crazy rumors, uh, you know, when LeBron came about Spolster and Riley coming as a package or whatever, that, that was not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a number of reasons on their end and on LeBron's end, like I didn't see any of that. Although LeBron has shown a propensity to like, forget the past as long as it helps him win. You know what I'm saying? Like we've yep. seen that including J.R. Smith who's on this roster. Right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, but I do think Pat has the ultimate respect for the Lakers this is where he got his start. I mean, for the love of God, he was the traveling secretary, right? If Chick Hearn doesn't help him get on the broadcast and eventually get on, you know, get on a bench, um, his whole story is different. And yeah. it's wild because if you really think about it, man, to your point, like Pat Riley, you know, they, they call him the godfather for, the re- for a reason. He really is um, woven into the fabric of American basketball from beating Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in high school as a high school player um, to playing in what I think is the most important college basketball game in the history of the sport – uh, when his Kentucky team played in the 1966 national championship game against um, Texas Western, which started the first five mm-hmm. uh, African-American uh, players uh, on the court together. And, you know, he was also part of the uh, consulting group that created that movie with Jerry Bruckheimer, Glory Road. Um, and then obviously all the, you know, NBA stuff, right? Like his coaching with the Lakers and the four titles and, you know, going to New York and getting them to a finals. Um, and had John Starks actually, you know, shot a few, got a few shots to go in. Maybe he wins a championship there. Um, and then going to Miami and being there the last 25 years, you know, and creating a legacy there and, 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 you know, winning three titles and six finals and he's lived an unbelievable life, but you, you can't tell the story about American basketball without him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, the, the LeBron Riley thing interests me because like, so you talked about how, AD or uh, Kobe and and Pat Riley and Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley could have done incredible you know incredible things together because of the way that those guys are wired. And I think there's just a minor tweak to LeBron that that kind of stopped that relationship from fully flourishing. But they still, by the way, won a couple championships there. And what I want to take a a second to to discuss after the break here is what like you covered that stretch where Pat Riley and LeBron worked together. And, you know, we know 
kind of what it would mean for Riley or what it might have meant for him to win this one. But I'm interested in what you think, like this, where this rates for LeBron in terms of the championships he's won. Is this one, this one I think might be kind of underrated. And, and, and uh, we'll talk about that here in a bit. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and save 10 bucks off your first order, your second order, your third order, and however many orders you or your friends that you tell about this uh, great product get to benefit from. They have great flavors, everything from caramel brownie, my personal favorite name is Cherry Barcia, uh, the, the cookies and cream one is fantastic. Uh, and then they have the regular, you know, salted caramel is 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 uh, my original favorite flavor. And it's great no matter what you might be looking for. Are you looking to supplement a meal while you're trying to cut weight? Are you looking to have a little bit of extra protein to add to a meal if you're trying to gain weight? Are you trying to maintain weight by, you know, just having a nice healthy snack? It's going to be great for you. It's going to have you covered. So head on over again to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and save 10 bucks off your next order. Again, promo code locked on for 10 bucks off at builtbar.com. So first and foremost, there's nothing that's going to touch him coming back from 3-1 and knocking off the 73 or the 73 win warriors right like nothing is going to touch that that title i don't think uh it wouldn't shock me though if this championship was behind that one a, a, a couple tiers behind it however but but still behind it just because of what it means having felt like you know like last year he has his first substantial injury in like a decade and a half doesn't even make the playoffs comes back and and with the help of AD, by the way, and, and some of the stuff, the strings that he and his agent were pulling behind the strings to be, to be able to make that work, and then now is able to win this championship. I, I would say this is what he would consider the second his second favorite championship, but where would you think, the, the having covered those teams, where do you think those Miami titles rank here? So it's interesting because Richard Jefferson actually mentioned this on the jump last week. Um, mm-hmm. He actually said he's had this conversation with LeBron because oh, really? he, they were they were teammates in Cleveland. And he asked Bron, I mean, this was after the 2016 championship. And Bron said the first one is always the sweetest. Um, and he said that because had I not gotten that one, Lord mm. knows the grief I would have continued to take at yeah. that point. Um, and he's right, because let's not forget, you know, we, we, we kind of forget no, I mean, we don't, but I mean, we just kind of gloss over the fact that they were down three, two to Boston going to Boston. And he had that crazy 45, 15 and five game. Yep. Um, but, but I can assure you that the blueprint was absolutely on the line that year. In that, the second year, Paul had, Pierce, the game that Paul Pierce swears up and down, he wasn't actually afraid of LeBron when he probably kind of sort of should have been. I mean, LeBron <laughs> was incredible in that game. I still think that is the single greatest LeBron game I've ever seen. Um, uh-huh. It, it was all worldly. Like, and every one of his teammates, you talk to him, you talk to them uh, on that team said that you could feel it on the bus, you know, mm. like that he was just a different, you know, person uh, in the bus and a different level of focus, um, which he's already good at focusing on the games. But so I, again, 
I don't, I've never asked him the question. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know him like that where I'm going to ask him that question unless it's in like a sit down professional setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. So uh, just cause he doesn't do very many of them, but the, the that's what Richard says. Uh, and then he said the 2016 because of the curse and the 50 years of Cleveland and all that, whatever. So I think this one would be there uh, right there. Um, you know, with all of them, right. Like for different reasons, right. Because of, Oh my God, you got to be in the bubble for all this time and, and you're away from your family. Right. And like everything that we have taken for granted. Um, I think that people that know um, what it's like to win a championship will say that this one is as difficult, if not more difficult than any of the other ones from, uh, you know, from that perspective. Um, I just don't know emotionally how that would rank. I would guess it would rank pretty high. Um, I, I, but I, I wouldn't know what to, an- how to answer that question, but yeah, my guess is, look, they're all pretty damn, it's pretty damn sweet. Right. I'm like, sure, it's like, yeah. you're, they're like your children. I don't think you, uh, <laughs> I, you know, maybe hey, Elton you John, a, what's your favorite song? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have a favorite, but they're all your, you love them all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, because here's the thing, if I'm taking the first, if Richard Jefferson says that the first one was, his, was the one that was nearest and dearest to his heart because it was the first one. I mean, that next one with the Spurs was pretty damn crazy, too. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, you know, granted, maybe behind Cleveland, but I don't know. Like, so I, I just think that's a tough question to answer. Um, I, I will say this. Um, I do think, and it's funny because I said this on radio, and I'm going to give you a shameless plug for your listeners. Um, on my radio show, <clears throat> excuse me, on my radio show, which is on ESPN 710 in Los Angeles, uh, weekday afternoons, 4 to 7 p.m., um, I said this, I said, the Lakers need to treat game four like game seven. I repeated that um, on television uh, yesterday. Uh, I repeated it everywhere. I could repeat it. Even people in my uh, text chats were asking me, I'm like, this, both teams need to treat this like game seven, because if it is an even series, that is not what the Lakers want. And it's everything the Heat want, because now all of a sudden it's a best two of three and it feels different. Um, And if it's three, one Lakers, then yeah, maybe the Heat still get one, but it doesn't, it feels like almost an insurmountable lead at that point because you have LeBron and AD. Could they slip one more time? Could the Heat play out of their minds one more time? Sure. Um, but I don't see it happening three in a row. Yeah. So um, I, 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 so it's funny when the story came out that he said this in the post game about the text message that he sent to the team and Markeith and I guess JR or whoever uh, had revealed that he said, we got to get this one, whatever, you know, play it like it's the last game or whatever it was. And I'm like, I felt good about myself here for a second. Cause I'm like, I, man, I just, I, again, I, I'm not friends with him. Yeah. Um, my relationship with him is professional, but man, I have been around him for a long, long time. Yeah. And I know sometimes what he's thinking before he thinks it um, because I know what kind of a crazy competitor he is. Right. Um, and I know he knows what's on the other side, you know, even as a wounded animal, you don't want to breathe, breathe life into them. Yeah. So, and, and, and let's face it. You also know that the media machine partially, uh, you know, myself included here uh, <laughs> would have been like, what the hell is happening? How right. do you get to two, two when this team yeah. is playing without Goran Dragic with a banged up bam and a probably somewhat banged up still Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like, how does this happen? Um, so it would have been like really loud, the noise. Um, yeah. So I, I, and he knew that he knew that, which is why he sent that text. And which is why I felt 
It'd uh, be a long break the game. too. It'd be the yeah, extra three, day three of days, hearing about right. this too. <laughs> yes, you and, and and Harris Harrison and uh, Pete and uh, Darius and all these guys. That I'd had Twitter a log out of Twitter. <laughs> would have been would have been just annoyed. Uh, you guys would have been so upset uh, yeah. because Stephen A would have been screaming. Uh, and I love Stephen A, but you know, and I, so I, I don't know if he would have said this, but I just would assume he'd be like, Michael Jordan would have never lost two games <laughs> yep. to yep. these guys. You know, like it would have been amazing. You know, Max Kellerman would have said something crazy, Skip Bayless. So you knew that was Bayless coming. would have and- just turned into a giant ball of light. Like his entire <laughs> being would have, it would have just all come to fruition. Yeah. So you knew it was going to be turned up, and so did he. So, like, some of this stuff is somewhat predictable. You know what I mean? So, for their sake, I felt it was unbelievably important to treat that like a Game 7. And they did. And they Mm -hmm. were able to pull it out. Uh, And it was a fun game, for sure. Miami did, too, which which made it even even more fun. Oh, Uh, man. Yeah, they both fought. Like, they... That yeah. was the most. Would you agree that was the most physical game of the four games? Oh yeah, I mean the the couple. It, it was funny because there were a couple plays. There have been a couple plays where Jay Crowder has just kind of tweaked LeBron and and really kind of made him annoyed. And LeBron yeah. will kind of look at him and then collect himself. But yesterday was the first game that where where Crowder, you know, threw him down the one play and then and then gave him an, an extra little shove on another one. And that was the first time LeBron like actually really reacted to him yeah. where, you know, usually he just kind of like shrugs his shoulders and looks and then walks off, but he actually talks back to him. And that's where yeah. I was like, Oh, Oh, so this is happening. We're yeah. doing this. Yeah. He uh, usually does the, the shrugging of the shoulders, cracking his neck left right. and right. Right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he's like, move. he's like, Hey, Keith yeah. handle this guy. But like, yeah. he just, he just kind of, he, he looked at him and, and this was the, the only time one of the few times really that I've actually really seen LeBron react fully yeah. like that. So that was, that yeah. was wild to watch. Uh, last thing before we get you out of here, where do you think both these teams go? You talked about, you talked about, I mean, I, are you, are, are you in agreement? I, I think that the Lakers win this one in five personally, I think it's going to be another dog fight. I don't think Miami's going to, you know, they aren't going to lay down the way that the other three teams that the Lakers have played in game five have. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I'm sorry. Finish up. I, my apologies. Oh, no, no, no. I, but I, I was just going to finish by saying, it, but I think, I think at the end of the day, the Lakers, the Lakers take this one home, but where do you think they go? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said, Like, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like it's going to be five again. Could something crazy happen? Could the heat get hot from three and win another game? Sure. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more likely scenario here is Lakers in five, but you're, to your point, we've seen it already. They're not going to give it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like they are going to scratch and claw uh, unlike the Rockets. Uh, You know, the Blazers were hurt. So I don't want to, I don't want to trash them. Uh, I mean, you know, literally their two best players were banged up. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Denver fought and fought and fought, but they looked gassed at the end too. Um, You know, so I want to give them some credit. Um, But basically I'm just saying they're not the Rockets. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) the Rockets gave up on that thing. Like it was fairly (laughs) obvious. Um, but that, yeah, that won't be the case here in that regard, but yeah, I feel that'll be the case. And, you know, even beyond this, like, I think the Lakers are in an unbelievable position to still get another year or two out of LeBron at, you know, close to peak level. Right. Um, I've said this and look, people laughed at me when I said it in the preseason, like I've, I picked the Lakers to win Mm -hmm. on ESPN.com back over a year ago now, because that's where we're at. Right. 
over a year ago, I picked them. Now, I did say they'd play Philly in that series, but that didn't work out so well. But the Lakers part, I got right. Um, and I said, you, you've got LeBron reinvigorated. And mm-hmm. you've got LeBron in a situation where he didn't play basketball for six months. He hasn't had that much time off, I believe, since his second season in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and he's got all the noise, right? Like, uh, he's, you know, he he's older. Yeah. Yeah, you. You were the guy. Watch who said, King. Who? What? Huh? You were the guy. You were the guy. <laughs> I, uh, I only found this out for your audience. I don't know if they know this. I actually tweeted. I said, I mean, listen, I get LeBron chip on his shoulder, all that. I, and I said, but who on God's earth actually called him Washed King? And like, I don't buy that for a second. And then you sent me a screenshot of yourself. I was like, I can't believe you're the guy that he's referencing. That's amazing. Um, but anyway, those, on the show. those were the reasons. Those were the reasons I felt. And then, of course, adding Anthony Davis, like immediately I felt that he would be the best fit LeBron ever had next to yeah. him. Um, because he's got this the crazy athleticism. Um, he's got basically all the games of everyone he's ever played with in some way, if you really think mm, about it. That's cool. Um, that's a cool way to put it. Yeah, like, you know, he's got – remember, you know, 2011 Dwayne Wade was going to be the finals MVP if LeBron just played to his averages in right, that series. Right. Like, like you Dwayne just post Wade, up J.J. Barea, Dwayne correct, Wade's correct, finals MVP. Right, yeah. like, so he – and then, you know, Chris had an amazing skill set, was an excellent defender. He was the best pick and roll defender in the league at that time. Um, obviously, then could shoot, right, as a big man, too. And, and, and even though he's not anywhere near as athletic or strong as AD, was still, like, really dirty in the post with his footwork and all that oh, yeah. stuff. Um, so it felt like he was a combination of kind of those guys and a little bit of Kevin Love um, with the, you know, Kevin was more, is more physical than Chris mm-hmm. um, and just kind of, you know, Kyrie in some ways too, because of just kind of the mentality of, um, and Dwayne has this obviously too, like Dwayne and, and Kyrie both had the, I'm going to get you in the fourth quarter stuff. And we've seen more of that from yeah. AD. So um, this particular season. So I feel like AD is kind of like a combination of all of like LeBron's yeah. best teammates in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, that, that to me felt good. And I still think, as I mentioned, I think LeBron is still going to be LeBron next year. Um, so you've got a window. It, it's maybe not super wide open, but I think that LeBron takes care of his body in a way, Anthony, that we've never seen another athlete. So even as his skills erode some, as long as Anthony Davis is still playing at this unbelievable level that he's now hit and can hit, can keep that going for several years and maybe even add to his game, as long as the pieces around them fit, I feel like the Lakers window is at least another several years um, to be in the finals regularly. Um, mm-hmm. I know the Warriors are coming back, right? And I think that I'm curious to see what they look like if they make a deal, if they add a player. Um, you know, what happens in the East will be interesting with Kyrie and Kevin and obviously Giannis and what Milwaukee does. Um, and obviously this Heat team will be better uh, and Boston yep. will continue to ascend. So I, I think that you know, and Toronto will be there because they have a great coach and, and they've got a great, a good nucleus and a great front office. So I, I feel like the top of the NBA will be really, really fun. But the Lakers should have the at least initial edge going into the next couple of seasons. Yep, I, I think so, too. All right. Uh, before we get you out of here, I, I do. I'm going to help you plug something because I found it really, really cool. Uh, but you did the the Hispanic, Hispanic Heritage Month celebration um, on your show with, with, with ESPN as somebody I'm half Mexican and, and I, you know, I feel like the representation is continuing to get better, uh, of, of 
of Latinos everywhere. But but uh, I it was I, it was something that I was really happy to see you put together, and uh, and and it looked like it went off really well. Yeah, it was great. We did it on Zoom, obviously, uh, like everyone's doing right now. Yep. Uh, we had George Lopez on, and we had Adrian Gonzalez on, and we had my buddy Beto Duran, who does boxing for DAZN, and Serena mm-hmm. Morales, uh, who works for the Rams, um, and uh, Pablo Cisniega, the goalie uh, at LAFC. And we just had a blast. We just told yeah. real fun stories about growing up Latino, and and you know, obviously, we're all different. Uh, some were Mexican, I'm Cuban. Uh, some were Colombian, some were Puerto Rican, right? Like it just. And just kind of talking about how even though we're different, we have a lot of similarities and how we all kind of have these even even though we're not a monolith, we have like these common goals and we need to kind of be more united, really, Um, because I I think that a lot of us grew up. um, And I think that's just look, it's just a normal thing for Latinos. Right. We represent the country. Right. It's like, oh, I'm not Latino. I'm Cuban. I'm Mexican. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Dominican. I'm whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and I think that more and more um i think the people that are younger than than even you and i are starting to think about themselves as that but also part of something larger and i think yeah. that was a big part of our discussion and how we can kind of help um continue to grow for ourselves and clearly help that next uh, couple of generations kind of find their footing too so and we had fun sports discussions and George Lopez was amazing like he was just he had us all <laughs> rolling and laughing and it was great and he called Adrian Gonzalez out uh, right at the top and said, Hey bro, you know, you look like Ernie, man, who was my uh, best friend on my TV show. And he really does look just does. like Ernie. So oh my God. It was amazing. <laughs> but that was like the icebreaker and it was just tremendous. So yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to do. Uh, it's still up. Uh, you can watch like the re-airs on YouTube. Uh, ESPN Los Angeles's Twitter account has them up. Uh, and you can just kind of go there and, and find them there. They're pretty fun discussions. Yep, I just I just retweeted them uh, from from my account too. So if you guys are looking for it, you can just find them on at uh, Anthony or in LA. Uh, George, I, I I appreciate you hopping on here a ton, uh, given how busy I'm sure you are as as we not only wrap up this season, but we have the draft coming up. We have free agency oh my God. coming up. <laughs> just, Don't even get, I, I can't even wrap my head around that just yet. Like it's crazy, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah, we we have we have quite the uh, quite the quote unquote off season up ahead of us. So uh, thanks for hopping on, man. This was a, this was a lot of fun as always. Always, brother. Anytime. Thanks. Stay safe. All right, everybody. We will be back. Pete and I will be back to preview game five. Uh, but for now, have a great rest of the day. Make some deals. We'll talk to you tomorrow. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.